Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. Our task is to live our personal communion with Christ with such intensity as it, to make it contagious. Is there something contagious about our faith? We are to focus. We are to, to fellowship. And when you focus on the Lord and you fellowship with the Lord, something is naturally going to flow out of that. You're going to be a fisher of men. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and It costs God a great deal to take away our sins. And if we truly understand the great sacrifice of the Lamb of God and all that we've been saved from, then we will be able to confidently share the gospel with others. Today, Pastor Ed will exhort us to keep our eyes on the Lord and have fellowship with Him because the best way to share Christ is to know Him personally. When you live this way, others will see Christ living in you and your faith will be contagious. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message entitled, Witnessing for Christ. couldn't speak your sins out of existence. He spoke the worlds into existence, but he couldn't speak your sins out of existence. He had to come and die on a cross. He had to become sin who knew no sin. He had to spill his own blood to justify your salvation. What an amazing grace. What an amazing cost. And so Here is the Lamb of God. Our focus must be on the Lamb of God. We must hear the Word. We must listen to the Spirit as it directs our attention to Calvary. We must be willing to recognize it's the Lamb of God alone that cleanses us, that saves us, that redeems us. And when we focus on that, that will give us a confidence to share. The gospel, God's appointed lamb. Someone has said the best way to help others see Christ is to see him yourself. See, when you begin seeing Jesus, it changes on the inside. It begins changing you. That old song, oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face, there to sing forever of his saving grace. What's your attention on? Is it the pleasures, the possessions, the positions, the things of this life that are going to disappear in a moment in time? Would you take your eyes off of your problems, take your eyes off of this present world, and would you look at for a moment what is the most important thing God, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth 
will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. That's what John the Baptist was asking his disciples to do. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. We must focus on the Messiah, God's anointed one, the one who was anointed to lead us and to guide us and to direct us through life, the Lamb of God, the one who takes away our sin and gives us the hope of heaven. It doesn't stop there, though. We are not only to focus on him, we are to fellowship, fellowship with him. In the message translation of 1 John 1.3, and this is written decades after the Gospels, decades after Jesus died and rose, written to a church, many, most who had not seen the Christ physically. This is John the Apostle speaking. We saw it. We heard it. And now we're telling you so that you can experience it along with us. This experience of communion with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. What he's saying is this. We want you to experience the same Jesus who walked with us beside the Sea of Galilee. The same Jesus who appeared to us on that Easter Sunday. That same Jesus who spoke to us on the Sermon on the Mount. We can See, Jesus is not limited to some place in the past and history. He walks with us. He talks with us. He dwells with us. And if we're willing to say, Lord, here I am, walk with me. Now, he calls us to follow him. In verse 38, turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Uh, later on. In 143, it says, the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, come, follow me. We're called to follow Christ. Now, what does it mean to follow Christ? It doesn't mean you just go to church on a Sunday or a Wednesday or you're in a small group. No, 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 no. It, it's far more than following Jesus. I think of William Law and he was one of the great devotional writers of centuries past. I remember reading that devotional book. And so many of the devotional writers focus on living a Christ-like life. That's what it is. When you follow Christ, you're going to live in this world like Jesus lived. You're going to respond to the problems and the challenges and the things that happen listening to his voice, discerning his heart, and trying to live like he lived. Living in this present life the way Jesus lived. That's what it means to follow him. The disciples, when they were brought after the resurrection of Jesus in the book of Acts in the fourth chapter, they were brought before the Sanhedrin and they were being tried and they were defending the faith. It said that they took knowledge of them, the religious leaders, that they had been with Jesus. When people rub up against us, when they meet us, can they tell we've been with Jesus? Can they tell when they bumped up against us what spills out? Is it the character of Christ? 
is at the presence of the Lord. That's what it means to follow Jesus, to live our lives the way he would have us live. It's to know him, not only follow him, but to really intimately know him. Notice the response. When they're following him, again in verse 39, come and see, he said, it was about four o'clock in the afternoon, the New Living Translation states, when they went with him to the place where he was staying and they remained with him the rest of the day. What he was saying is, I want you to spend time with me. I want you to spend time with me. It's a relationship. It's a fellowship. Maybe it's just simply taking time out of your day in the morning, 15 minutes, there's no radio, there's no television, it's just quiet. And maybe it's meditating on the Lord's Prayer or the Sermon on the Mount or a passage of Scripture and you just think of that and you become aware of the presence of God. And maybe as the noontime comes or the evening comes, it's taking those moments when you're alone in the prayer closet and you simply say, Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Speak, Lord. And God begins to do surgery in your heart. God begins to change things inside you. God begins to do in you what you could never possibly do for yourself. See, knowing him, you know how he thinks You know how he feels. You know his passions. That's what the disciples were doing. Disciples were told that they were to pick out a leader. And you look at the New Testament times, you'll see that they choose a leader to follow. And then they learn from that leader. They learn to live the way he lived. They learned his teachings. Uh, But notice what Jesus does. He calls us. He said, I've chosen you. I've called you. You've not chosen me. God calls us out of darkness into light to follow him. And you see Jesus changing the lives of people. It was Paul Turnier, the great psychologist, who said, our task is to live our personal communion with Christ with such intensity as it to make it contagious. Is there something contagious about our faith? We are to focus. We are to, to fellowship. And when you focus on the Lord and you fellowship with the Lord something is naturally going to flow out of that. You're going to be a fisher of men. And this is in the text. I had to go back to Mark's gospel, but it's implied here. We are to be fishers of men for Jesus Christ. When Jesus called them, come follow me, Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. There's two case studies right here in this passage of Scripture. Uh, The first is Andrew. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who had heard what John said, who had followed Jesus. First thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah. This is the first witness for Christ by a family member to another family member. 
Remember, it's been happening now for 2,000 years nearly, people coming to Jesus. Here we have an example of a family member bringing another family member to Jesus. Now let me ask you a question. How many here have been brought to Christ by a family member? Well, here Andrew is and he finds Peter. Now Andrew's gonna have to learn how to play second fiddle because Peter's gifts are just incredible. But Andrew's gift is one-on-one. He knows how to win people individually. He, he just has that wonderful gift. And he's going to bring his brother Peter. How many of you have brought people to Christ and you've seen those people do far more than you've ever done? All right? And that's what happened here. Now, here he brings Peter, and it's amazing. Peter's strong personality. He comes into the presence of Jesus. What's the first thing Jesus says? Peter, I have a plan for your life. I have a destiny. I have the pieces to the puzzle, and when I put them together, it's going to be the answer. I'm changing your name. You're going to be a rock. You're going to be Peter. It's amazing the authority Jesus speaks with into our lives. If we'll listen, his word can change us and transform us and remake us. And that's what's going to happen to Peter. Now, we're going to watch Jesus mold Peter. He's going to chisel away at that rock because we're going to watch him over the years become that man that God's destined him to be. And it's a process. God calls us out of darkness into light. God calls us into the kingdom. And it's a process all through the journey. God molding and shaping and making and remaking. That's the first case study. Here's a second. Jesus called Philip directly. And God calls people in different ways. I'm always amazed how he calls them. Sometimes a person just feels a restlessness in their heart and all of a sudden they just feel God speaking to them. I've heard of all sorts of stories in the Middle East, uh, prayer and intercession for the, the Muslim community, people having dreams and Jesus appearing to them in dreams and them coming to Christ without even an evangelist leading them. Just amazing stories of what's happening around the world. It's amazing what God can do. But here, Jesus calls Philip directly, and then Philip has a friend. Philip found Nathanael, told him, we found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can any good thing come from there? I mean, Nathanael had honest doubts. He just questioned, Nazareth? Messiah doesn't seem to fit together. Fellows, just come and see. See, sometimes you just have to let your friends meet Jesus. Sometimes it's a matter of the heart. And God will reach out by his spirit and touch a person's heart and draw them into the kingdom. And here Nathaniel is, and Jesus speaks this incredible word. He said, he reads the hearts of men. He knows what's in all of our hearts. He knows everything about everything. Sometimes you sit in a service and you know the Spirit of God has your email. You know he has your phone number. You know that he's speaking to you. 
You know it's, it's a directly a word from God. There Nathaniel is. And Jesus reads his heart. And then she says, well, how do you know me? Before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. Hasn't God done that to you at times? A word of knowledge. A word of wisdom. A prophetic word. And God just says, I see. I know. I'm right there. You didn't go unnoticed. And Nathaniel suddenly confesses his faith. If you'll bring people to Christ, maybe it's bringing them to the church, maybe it's praying with them in the small group, maybe it's opening them up, opening the Bible up to John chapter 3 and walking them through the way of salvation. Something happens. Their lives are transformed. I was reading a story about uh, a Billy Graham crusade, and they were training their workers, and then an 82-year-old woman was there, and uh, she went to one of the people who was training the workers, and uh, she said, I hadn't led anybody to Christ in years. And so he listened, and a few days later, he felt, Hank felt a tug on his coat, and this older woman said, see over there? I brought that young girl. She's with the counselor and now receiving Christ. She said, I used to go to the grocery store just once a week. But I decided I'm going to go twice a day and to the same register. And I struck up a friendship with this girl and I brought her and she accepted Christ. And just a couple of days later, he saw that same woman and she said, how do I look? Now he knew that was a dangerous question. But before she had a chance, he had a chance to say anything, she said, I've been to the beauty parlor twice and I haven't been in a year. See that girl over there? I made sure I went to the same person and now she's receiving Christ. Let me ask you a question. How many here have been brought to Christ through the witness of a friend? A witness of a friend. Imagine with me, your friend never witnessed to you, your family member never shared the gospel. This church would be missing a lot of people. Imagine with me, you witness to your friend, to your family member, and next week they're to the left of you, to the right of you. God's called us to be witnesses for him. Andrew could have said, you know, I don't have much experience. I only know Jesus one day. Philip says, well, you know, I really can't answer Nathaniel's questions. You know, he, he, he's such a scholarly person, and he's talking about Nazareth, and I, I'm not really. Come and see. Would you bring people to see Jesus Christ? Bring them in prayer. Bring them to the word. Bring them to the house of the Lord. Bring them to a small group. A great preacher of years ago, Dr. Clarence McCarthy, spoke about uh, Andrew and this vision. And I want to just read what he said. It was an illustration that he had. 
I saw the king seated on his throne on either side of the throne. I saw the great angels, Uriel, Raphael, Michael, Gabriel. Before the throne stood another angel, the angel of the book. And by his side stood one of the mortals. Who is this that you have brought? What are his claims? asked the king. O king, this man was a great inventor and shed light on the pathway of man through the world. Then said the king, send him up. Let him stand here by Uriel, the angel of light. So he went up. And the angel brought another man before the throne. Who is this? And what are his claims? This man was a great philosopher who thought thy thoughts after thee. And the king looked at him and said, send him up. Let him stand here by the side of Raphael, the angel of reason. So he went up and stood by the side of Raphael. The angel brought a third mortal before the throne. Who is this and what are his claims? This was a great patriarch. With his sword he delivered his people out of the hand of tyrants. Send them up and let him stand by the side of Michael, the angel of the sword. So he went up and stood by the side of Michael. And a fourth mortal came before the throne. Who is this? And what are his claims? This man sang holy songs in praise of God, songs which still echo through the church of the living God. And the king said, send him up. Let him stand here and sing beside the side of Gabriel, the angel of the holy song. Then the angel brought another before the throne. I wonder who he was and why he had been brought. In his person, there was no note of greatness. In his eyes, no flash of genius. The king said, who is this and what are his claims? Then the angel looked in the book, lifting his head, said, this man won a soul for Christ. And I never heard what the king on his throne said, for all heaven rang with a great shout, angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, and a host of redeemed rejoicing over one soul that had been redeemed. All of heaven rejoices when one soul is saved. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. Follow me. Let your focus be on the Messiah, the Lamb of God, who is what the world needs. It's the world's greatest need. Fellowship with Christ. Follow him. Conform your life to his life. Get to know him intimately. Let him speak into the depths of your soul and let him shape and make you a fisher of men. He can do it. He can do it. Just ask Andrew. Just ask Peter. Just ask Philip. Just ask Nathaniel. Will you give him your all? Will you let him use you 
will you invite others to Christ? Maybe you're listening today and a friend or even a family member came to mind. It's amazing how God's Word seems to always prompt us to think about that certain person in our life that needs Jesus. You know, this message and many others are available for you to share. If you visit buildinginfaithradio.com and simply click on today's date, you'll find options to share this message on Facebook, Twitter, and even an email link that you can send right to that special someone. Check out buildinginfaithradio.com and share today's message. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com to spend some time getting to know us and to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith. At the website, you'll find today's message for you to listen to again, download, or even post to your Facebook page to share with your family and friends. Again, that's all available when you log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or, if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. In the next edition of Building in Faith, Pastor Ed will continue teaching through his series entitled, Eyes Open. So be sure to join us. Until then, may God richly bless you. Your word restores.